RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in the streets. So happy Sunday, everyone. I hope you guys had an amazing week and an even better weekend. The weather was compliant, I would say, for the most part this weekend. So hopefully you guys took advantage and were out in the streets responsibly. So, guys, the realization is here that summer solstice is literally about a week away. And that means for some of us, our summer bodies are still not giving. (laughs) Now, I have been trying to be very consistent with my workouts and trying to eat healthy, but things keep coming in the way like La Covida and I don't know, just, I don't know, life, right? But I am still staying the course because regardless I will be wearing a midriff at some point during the summer. I was hoping to have achieved this uh, by June, but considering the fact that we are in June <laughs> and I don't really see that happening, I'm going to stay this, the course. I'm going to stay consistent. But for those of you out there that are having this, you know, mid-summer crisis, it's not a midlife crisis, but some sort of crisis. You're having a crisis because summer is here. Since like March, you've been trying to work on summer body and it's still not giving. We are going to be officially in summer on June 21st. Um, And you don't know what to do. I mean, my advice to you is to stay the course. I saw a motivational video or I don't know, short clip on Instagram this morning that was I don't know, it gave me life, right? It basically talked about consistency. Like you go to the gym, you do nine hours of work and your stomach still looks the same. Like that's gonna happen. (laughs) I think many of us, when we work out, we work out for a week and we get into the mirror and we're like, all right, are we down an inch? Have we tightened up at all? And that's not how the game works. You're really gonna see the results after several weeks of putting in consistent work, right? And and consistent work is not just the working out piece, but it's also, you know, drinking water and eating healthy, making sure you're not at McDonald's every week. You know what I mean? Um, so for those of you who are, you know, still try, trying to get that belly flat, trying to get rid of some of that, you know, back fat and, you know, want to reduce some of those inches around your arms um, and you're like, man, summer is here. What am I going to do? I would say you have until August. You have until August to to see some results. Like if you tomorrow are like, all right, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to start eating healthy, you will see some good results probably even even in July, I would say. Even mid-July, you can see like a good four to six weeks of intensive work. You can see the results. So I'm here to encourage you that although we are about to embark an official, official, official summer, the results are not there yet. It doesn't mean that you cannot still wear a midriff and you could not still do what you need to do before the summer is over. And some might actually argue that regardless of what you look like, you should still be out here in these streets and do what you need to do. Um, 
I am not necessarily of that mindset, but that's for me personally. People could do whatever they want. I feel like there's certain things that I want to wear. I need to make sure that, you know, things are proportional and things look right. I like when my clothes sit a certain way on me. But if you're not that person and you just really want to live your life, you know, who cares what society says? If you want to be out here wearing your midriff um, and your belly is not where you need it to be, you know what? Do what you need to do. Do what you want to do. But I'm here to give this PSA, I guess. Is it a PSA? I don't know if it's a PSA, but I'm here to encourage those of you who are like me, who are very particular. <laughs> <laughs> not to be encouraged, stay the course. Summer is not just the month of June. We have the month of July. We have the month of August. And some may dare say that we may even have the first week or two of September. So it is not too late to get on the bandwagon. It's not too late to make that lifestyle change. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, we're not really just trying to look good for summer, right? We want to look good in general. Like this should be a 365 day a year thing. We should aim to live a healthier lifestyle that en en enables us, I guess, to look, you know, as amazing as we would want. So either way, I guess that's my motivational piece for the day. Maybe I'll start doing that motivational segment <laughs> on the show. Either way, today we have an amazing show. As always, we have an amazing guest by the name of Esther Debbie Lewis. She's actually been on this show before. We just called her Debbie at the time, but we're putting her whole government out there. Why? Because she is running for political office. And so I am going to not saying any more about that because I want you guys to tune in to listen to her talk about who she is, where she's from, and really why she is running for political office and basically what this could mean for the community. So you definitely want to keep it locked for that. But before we get into the meat of the show, we have some of our preliminaries. We're not going to do all of them today, but the majority. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? I've been on fleek, Gillette. And it's gonna be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is graduation goggles. Graduation goggles, the relief and nostalgic feeling one has about a time in their life when it was about to end, even if that time was completely miserable. Example, the day before high school graduation. Further example, senior student says, I'm really going to miss this place. Friend says, dude, you spent the last four years crapping all over this place and your life here. That's just the graduation goggles. You know what? This, um, this definition, this definition is on point. I can say, you know, it's been a while since I've graduated high school, but I would even say, I don't think I had this feeling about college. College was the best four years of my life. Law school, as uh, miserable as it was, it was actually a very, very pivotal point in my life. I met some of my really good friends there. It was, you know, part of my formative years, but I would say high school graduation, would probably fall into that category, right? Um, and I think for most of you, that would be the same thing. Like, it was like, it was crappy. For most of us, I think high school was just like something we just had to get through. It was just like, ugh, whatever. You know, it was, it was an interesting time to be alive for many of us. 
But then crazy enough, when graduation comes, you know, you're having all the feels. You're crying. You're talking about you're going to miss this place. I think it's really more so because we are we are individuals who are, I don't know. Well, I don't know what the word is, but we attach easily, I think. I think familiarity is something that most people are, you know, are, I don't know, are connected to. I feel like I'm losing all my words. I think what I really want to say is, is that we, most people love familiar settings, even if we are experiencing the worst you know when you're spending four years of your life in an institution or you're you're spending four years of your life doing anything consistently there is a love-hate relationship to it as much as you hated the place you know the fact that you know uh, you know you were engaging with individuals you were connecting with people you probably had friends there even the teachers that you hated so much you were familiar it was a familiar setting a familiar place And a lot of times we get attached. We're humans. We get attached to things, whether we want to or not. And so I could understand how somebody would have a love-hate relationship with high school. So I like this graduation goggles definition. I think that's really what it is. You're only going through all of this because you are graduating. You are essentially at the end of an era. You're experiencing finality. And most of us don't like that. We don't like change. That's what it is. We don't like change so much. Even if we're miserable, the fact that there is a change, it's going to spark this type of uh, nostalgia, this type of, you know, um, I don't know, this 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 feels, all the feels, this feeling of, of I don't want this to end, but you've been wanting it to end since day one. <laughs> so I like that. I like that submission. I think that, I think it's a good word. I don't know. I feel like people would use it. Hopefully people are using it. You know, sometimes with Urban Dictionary, I'm I'm always on the fence. I'm 93%. I don't know why 93%, but it sounded good. I'm usually 93% on the fence with their words. But this one I think is uh, on point. Graduation goggles. I like it. Thank you, Wendy W, for submitting that word. <laughs> Either way, it is now time for the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. So this week's Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. And actually, you know what? What I probably should say is the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week and sometimes sound effect of the week because you guys who are familiar with Haitian people know that the Haitians are big on their sound effects. In fact, some may argue that sound effects are at the core of the Haitian Creole language. (laughs) So this week's Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week and sometimes sound effect is kehem kehem. Now, You guys know that I am, you know, still dealing with some of the lingering effects of La Covida Maria, um, the clearing of the throat, the slight cough. It's still here. So sometimes I'm, you know, kahem kaheming on a daily basis. Now, I'm going to give you the example in Haitian Creole and then I'll give you, you know, the English explanation. So. Basically, I stated that you basically just came out from the streets frolicking, you know, night out on the town with your neck exposed, um, essentially, you know, meaning you're not wearing 
No scarf, no jacket, your dress or your shirt is low cut, it's chilly out there, so you finished frolicking in the streets with your neck all exposed, or how Haitians would like to exaggerate, you know, you're naked in these streets, and now you're entering my house, you know, trying to clear your throat, coughing, kehem, kehem. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who are Haitian, you know, you have at least heard this at least once or twice in a month because <laughs> this is a very popular and very common saying um, in our households. And so if you guys caught it, bumble shit was a prior Haitian Creole phrase, word or phrase of the week. And remember, it basically meant you're out here in these streets frolicking. Um, it's, it's a negative spin to hanging out. So when you're bumble shaying, you're like, you're supposed to be having fun, but it's not, it's not. When Haitians say what bumble shit, it's not a positive thing. It's not, oh, you went to ha hang out with your friends. You went to spend some time in the streets. No, it's basically like you're out here, like, you know, um, dragging yourself, frolicking in these streets, like just, you know, being, I don't want to say a menace, but you're out here accomplishing nothing. Like you're out here just, you know, you're having a good time, but it's not a positive good time. Like you are a child with no parents. Like you're out here just being like homeless in these streets, acting, um, I don't know, unruly in these streets. And that's not even it. It's never it. But Haitians, remember, are exaggerative people. They love to exaggerate everything. Um, and so bumble shit is not a positive thing. <laughs> when your parents say you finish, it's basically, oh, so you're done frolicking. You're done, you know, being for the streets. That's what it is. You're done being for the streets. I had to find like the the new age terminology to actually really drive the point across. So basically when you're bumble shaying, you're basically being out for the streets um, to a Haitian parent. So essentially my example of me, you know, being for the streets. So I guess if I'm being for the streets, I'm also dressing for the streets, which is why I'm essentially naked with my low cut um, attire in this chilly ass weather. But because I wanted to be cute, I was sacrificing, I guess my health. And now I'm in these I'm in her house coughing and clearing my throat because I was out here in these streets without without a coat or without I don't know some sort of neck protective gear. Either way, kehem kehem is the essential mimicking of hem hem clearing your throat coughing. <laughs> So once you're in their house and they hear that M happening, they're just like, uh-uh, what is happening here? <laughs> you're sick. Essentially, you're sick. So the response to that will be first, they'll chastise you for clearing your throat and coughing and essentially being sick. Um, and then they will offer you tea. <laughs> so with Haitians, it's always like, you know, they're going to chastise you first. They're going to criticize you, curse you out, let you know about yourself. And then they're going to show their love with tea. Sometimes they'll ask you if you want tea. But for the most part, they're just going to bring it to you and you're going to have to drink it. Like there's no option. There's no choice because you came into their house. Kehem, kehem. You now have no choice but to be subjected to whatever remedies they you know have because they didn't send you out there to bumble shit they did not send you out to the streets with no scarf no no um no jacket and a low-cut dress they did not send you out to do all that but you chose to be for the streets and to dress for the streets so you are not about to be in their house disturbing their peace with kehem 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 
all damn night, they're going to criticize you and then they're going to show you the love by forcing you to drink their nasty remedies. So hopefully all of that (laughs) was understood for the Haitian Creole sound effect of the week. Now, moving along to the Womp Womp of the Week, because I am being very mindful of the time this week, and I could not really find a big up. (laughs) I'm sure there's amazing things happening in these streets, but I had a lot happening. I had a lot going on. Um, I had a funeral. I had, you know, (laughs) birthdays. And I'm still getting over like Covina Maria. So, you know, I have some, some, some fatigue going on. So I could not find a big up of the week. You guys have not been sending me the big ups. You guys have not been fulfilling your end of the bargain. You're supposed to be DMing me with great things, bad things, you know? So I haven't, I did not get a big up of the week in the DM and I did not have the energy to search, but I did find a womp womp. <laughs> I did find a womp womp and two people DM'd me this. So this week's womp womp of the week actually goes to the toxic men out there. And yes, if you are not toxic, then this would not apply to you. So, you know, it's always interesting, like, you know, when when women talk about men and like the ills of men, um, everybody just comes out. Oh, women are always talking about men. But if you don't fall into that category, then this should not affect you. In fact, you, there should be some allyship happening here where you're like, yes, we understand. And we too do not like toxic men either way. So this week's um, womp womp of the week goes to the toxic men out there who use celebrity breakups to weaponize their disdain for black women what i'm referring to is the michael b jordan and Lori harvey breakup now when these two got together there was so many comments so many comments right there's commentary all over the place people were saying that he was playing for the other team that this was all a hoax that whatever the case is if that's what it was that's what it was at the end of the day i find that people are like it's one thing to be interested in and celebrity um celebrity (laughs) i told you i was tired it's one thing to be interested in celebrity gossip and in celebrity you know situations or whatever we're human and sometimes the stuff is entertaining you know i'm i'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that i'm not interested in following some of these celebrity situations it's entertaining at times you know they're in our faces it's all over social media you just can't help but be involved in some of these conversations however the celebrity world is celebrity world celebrity world is not the same as real life like me and you for most of you who are tuning in unless i do have celebrities tuning in and if i do hello um our world is not the same as the celebrity world we are pretty much regular people regular schmegular people who are just trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. We're just trying to see another day. We're just trying to live our best selves. We are trying to heal. We're trying to do a lot of things. Um, We are not the same as celebrities. They are on a whole different playing field. In fact, some may argue a whole different planet. I don't know who these some are, but you know, it's a, it's always a cool thing to say, <laughs> but this Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey situation. I mean, at the end of the day, they broke up, right? 
People are out here, you know, saying that, oh, Michael B. Jordan was so good to her. Like he was about, he bought, not he was about, he actually bought this mansion so that he could live with her and make a life with her and look at her, this black woman out here being a savage. And she, you know, she is wrong because he gave her the world and he, she broke up with him. And this is the problem with black women. So men, it's like, you're damned if you do and you damned if you don't. You know, you could be a black man out here giving a woman the world and she's still going to, you know, um, play you. She's still going to do bad by you. Like, so what is the point in being a good guy? Like, there's no point in that. So I'm going to be out here being straight savage with these women. This has been the conversation in social media. This has been the conversations in private WhatsApp groups. Like, it's crazy that people are looking at these celebrity relationships and are literally like you know, forming their morals around it. For me, it's like, if you are a man, and this goes for, you know, I mean, these, even though I'm talking about toxic men, obviously, you know, there are toxic women out there as well too. But the thing is is that I'm seeing it more on the man side. Like men are out here talking about, yeah, that's why I don't treat women with respect. Literally, I saw these words. This is why I, you know, I do what I do and I'm out here straight savage. Like, you know, uh, M-O-B, money over... (laughs) I'm trying to keep the episode clean today. So, you know, I'm not saying certain words, but, you know, money over, you know, female dogs. (laughs) Um, You guys know what I mean. Like all this extra stuff. And I'm just like, what happened to just being a good person? You know, what happened to living with integrity? Michael B. Jordan, if he got played by Lori Harvey, he got played by Lori Harvey. That's just what, okay, you know, it happens. There are girls and women who are for the streets too. There are trash females out there. There are trash girls out there. There are trash people out there. But if Lori Harvey broke up with him for no reason, except for, I don't know, she was bored and tired and strung this man along. Can he be hurt? Of course, he is allowed to be hurt. He's allowed to express his pain. He's allowed to even go to the dark place for a little bit. But what I don't like is you know, the recovery is I'm just going to be a straight savage. You know, these females ain't ain't ish. These females ain't nothing. And I'm just going to be out here disrespecting and mistreating black women because black women don't deserve to be loved because they don't know how to accept love and they just treat men. However, if a black woman is being trash, she is being trash. That doesn't mean that you now have to change your character to be that of some slime bucket because you were hurt by this one or even two or even three black women. Right. Um, At the end of the day, I feel like we need to normalize operating and living with integrity and being a good person. A good man treats a woman with respect regardless. If the woman is not treating you with respect, you exit stage left. You disengage. That's all you need to do. You don't treat every black woman with disrespect because of the one woman that did you wrong. And now you're going to be out here you know, mistreating black women and having such hatred for black women. And I think for me, the craziest part is a lot of these individuals are not even operating off of their own experiences. They are operating off of the experiences of celebrities. Michael B. Jordan is not your homeboy. Michael B. Jordan is not your uncle. It's not your brother. He is nothing to you. He is a celebrity figure. And God knows what Michael B. Jordan did to contribute to the breakup himself. 
we don't know. And at the end of the day, too, Lori Harvey is like, what, 20 something years old? Like we're advocating for her to be married at 25 years old or however old she is. Maybe she wants to still live life. How many of you guys had like 15 boyfriends in your lifestyle? You didn't marry all of them. Some of them probably were amazing, but sometimes being amazing at 25 doesn't necessarily mean that you need to marry this amazing man at the age of 25. Like, who knows? Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan may circle back around. Look at J-Lo. J-Lo was with Ben Affleck engaged. Engagement broke. She then married Mark Anthony and then a whole bunch of other, you know, engaged to a whole bunch of other people. And now she has circled back to Ben Affleck. Like, I would not be surprised if Michael B. Jordan is such a sweetheart the way everybody who does not know him is advocating for him to be. She may, at the age of 35, circle back to him. That's just what happened. So I feel like we need to stop, you know, living our lives according to these celebrity relationships and then like putting each other down based on these celebrity relationships. Like men, you need to stop using these celebrity relationships to justify your hatred and disdain for black women. Like, don't be like, oh, see, 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 look at this black woman. Look what she did. That's why that's why I don't treat women with respect. That is so crazy to me. And on the flip side, too, like, you know, black women, you know, again, let's not use these celebrity relationships as the gold standard. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a whole conversation for black women as well, too. And there'll be another episode on that. But I'm just going off of like the tomfoolery that I was engaged in somehow <laughs> in the DMs, in these chat groups, in these WhatsApp messages regarding Michael B. Jordan and his breakup with Lori Harvey. If Lori is for the streets, which many people are now trying to drag her. You know, they're even taking it back to her mama, saying that her mama was for the streets and they're putting out receipts, you know, on the mama's, uh, you know, lifestyle. And they're saying the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. I mean, maybe that is the case. That is totally fine if Lori is for the streets and she's trash. If she's trash, she's trash. That should not dictate how Michael B. Jordan treats women moving forward but more importantly because we're bringing it back home michael p jordan and Lori harvey should not be dictating how you treat your fellow man and how you are living your life like integrity is integrity is integrity being a good person is being a good person is being a good person so that was my long ass rant for the womp womp of the week hopefully there were some nuggets some gems i don't know or just entertainment that <laughs> came out of that now we are moving on to our meat of the show All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, no stranger to the According to RP show, Debbie Lewis. Debbie, please say hello. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you back. And this time we're going to be talking about uh, a political career, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> We've had you on here for other things, for organization and, and, you know, getting your life together and strategizing. But this time we're actually going to talk about politics, which those of you who um, have tuned into the past episodes, you know that there is a connection between our Lewis sisters. Um, and so very interesting and very exciting to be talking to you about politics and in, in this uh, impending political career of yours. Yeah, um, I didn't know she was on here, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I find a way to get all the people on this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So Debbie, I know there are a lot of people um, who are tuning in who who may be like, I'm new here. I have no idea who this, you know, this person is. Um, tell us who you are, where you're from and what you do. Sure. So my name is actually Esther Debbie Lewis. Everyone calls me Debbie. And I am a mom, a professor, a small business owner, and a community leader. All right. Yeah. And so we are in Caribbean Heritage Month. And I know we actually just got off of Haitian Heritage Month. (laughs) People always find it interesting. They're like, how did we have Haitian Heritage Month in May? And now we have Caribbean Heritage Month in June and you guys are still trying to celebrate. (laughs) But um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Caribbean Heritage Month and what that means to you. Because I think, you know, a lot of times the month it comes and it goes, but people really don't get you know, why there's a Caribbean Heritage Month. They don't understand the essence and the importance of having a Caribbean Heritage Month. So um, tell us, like, what does Caribbean Heritage Month mean to you and why is it important and why should people, you know, celebrate it and actually acknowledge it? Well, it's interesting you ask that because my family has a just wide Caribbean net. We actually have family from the Bahamas, Cuba, and Haiti. Oh, wow. And so... um, You know, when I think of Caribbean Heritage Month, I think of just diversity in the Caribbean diaspora and how important it is to understand your background and how to disseminate that knowledge to, you know, people here in the States so that they understand that sometimes your family just doesn't come from one place and that the culture is so rich and our descendants have brought and left behind so many things that we now, you know, recognize in these United States. So when I think of Caribbean Heritage Month, I think of just, you know, beautiful Caribbean culture, a plethora of um, Caribbean culture. Right. No, I definitely Second that, I agree with you with that. I think that there's so many contributions that, you know, people from the Caribbean have made to the United States. And I think that, you know, Caribbean Heritage Month is an opportunity for us to learn about the many different Caribbean nations, right? People are always stuck on Haiti, Trinidad, Jamaica, Bahamas, but there's countries like, you know, Montserrat and St. Vincent, St. Lucia, that people, you know, they just really don't know much about. So I think it's a great opportunity to learn um, about one another. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now Debbie, you are running for a political seat. So I I don't want to go too much into what that is. I want to leave that to you to describe to the people um, what this political seat is that you are running for, um, what its importance is in the community, why you are seeking political office. I want you to kind of get through all of that information. Ooh, okay. Just go for it. Yes. But I want the deep dive. You know, I love exclusives on this show. I want to know everybody's business. So, (laughs) Um, all right. So I am running for a position called state committee. Um, It's in the street terms, we know it as district leader in some areas. It's like the title is synonymous with each other. Mm -hmm. So a state committee member, what we call district leader, um, I would be representing the 58th Assembly District, which encompasses Canarsie, East Flatbush, Brownsville, and a little bit of Crown Heights. 
Now, this role is 100% volunteer. So people are like, oh, you're running for office? I hate politicians or I love it. No matter how you feel about it, it's 100% volunteer. Mm -hmm. Now, traditionally, um, and in my role right now, I am a volunteer. I'm a community leader. The work that I do for the community is free, right? It's because I have a passion to be a voice for the community and running to build a more transparent democratic process um, and be a liaison between the community and the elected officials and government agencies. Traditionally, the role is just a political role, but there is a piece of it which folks have not tapped into, which you can use to be an advocate for the community. And that's what's really missing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been used before, but in the last, I would say, two or three generations, it has not been used in that way at all. Okay. So now let's talk about the, I guess, the area that that you are covering? Because, you know, sometimes people, you know, when they're tuning in and they're like, wow, this person sounds so passionate. I want to vote for this person. And they're like, wait, I'm not in their district. I'm not in their area. So maybe let's talk about the areas that you cover. Sure. So it's weird because every 10 years there's like redistricting. And so the lines would shift. So your representation may shift unless you're like in the heart of a specific district. Um, But Where we pretty much cover from the East Flatbush side is like uh, Flatbush Gardens um, all the way to to Linden. And this is in the 30s. Um, So East 36, 37, 38. And that goes all the way to like East 100 and uh, East 104th or East 105th in Canarsie all the way down to Seaview. So it's a big catchment. It's a big catchment. And if you know um, your streets and how to navigate through this, you can start uh, in the district on one side and drive like 25 minutes to the other side um, just to get to that. And if you're you know, a New Yorker, you know that 25 minutes, um, that's you know, without traffic, you could get downtown in that way. Mm -hmm. But think about 25 minutes driving through the district without traffic, going from East Flatbush all the way to Seaview, like you're about to get on the belt. Right. That is very vast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now with respect to, you know, who can actually vote? And I know, um, you know, we go through this all the time, every time, you know, it's voting season and we have to kind of go through, well, who's eligible to vote? How can people get out to vote? When do they go out to vote? So if you can kind of get through those specifics for us. Yeah. So I'll start with this. If you're a non-citizen, starting January 1st of 2023, you will be eligible to vote under this new, um, it's a non-citizen voting law that went into effect. Uh, Well, it passed in city council in 2021 and it goes into effect in 2023. So um, that's one. Now, if you are currently registered to vote um, or even if you're not registered to vote, you can um, apply to vote. If you are 17, you can officially apply and everyone can start voting at the age of 18. Um, If you live in Assembly District 58, you can vote. However, there's races across all New York City, all the whole state. We have a gubernatorial 
uh, election right now as well. So you everyone has, you know, the opportunity to get out to vote. Okay. Okay. So now people who are, you know, living within this 58th assembly that are specifically within um, the area where you're going to cover might be wondering, all right, um, who is Esther Debbie Lewis? Why should we actually vote for her? So, you know, we got a snippet of what you do professionally, you know, who you are, you're a mother, um, you know, you're a global citizen, you're a community leader. But in terms of this um, 58th uh, district, right, people might want to know, well, what can you do for us? Like, how are you going to improve our situations here? How are you going to advocate for us um, as a community? So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you have done in the in the past, you know, in terms of advocacy, in terms of political um, experience? And then I would like to talk about, you know, really more so why you're running, um, you know, this time around. Yeah. So honestly, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why I'm running and then I'll tie it into the work that I've done. So okay. I'm running because we miss that piece that makes it so personable, that piece that helps to get through a certain situation and to help us know that, okay, I do have access to my electeds. Okay. Someone does hear me. They do see me. They do understand the needs of the community. Sometimes the electeds are so busy servicing over 250,000 people, maybe. Um, and that's a small district, um, that they may not have time to necessarily, you know, cater to each and every single person, or, um, maybe something, you know, slips through the crack. And that's what a district leader does. You are servicing serving as the buffer um, so that these things get to the folks that are actually going to make the change and really help. Now, I will say this, um, as a community leader, I've done a lot of the constituent work, and that's mainly what I'll be utilizing the role for. Now, um, I do have a tracker. We are, you know, figuring out how to manage cases and stuff, but I'll just put two cases out there just to show a little bit of my track record. One with small business. There was a small business who was, you know, having issues navigating agencies, trying to get a liquor license, trying to get through Department of Buildings. If you know DOB, you know that sometimes it's not easy to navigate and get rid of um, violations and codes and all this other stuff. And so I was able to help the small business who was suffering, not able to get anyone for three years from right at the pivotal point, right before the pandemic, through the Mm. pivotal point of the pandemic, all the way till last month. Um, And this small business, I was able to help them um, navigate through the agencies, um, get exactly what they need done, get their case heard, and now they're able to open. Um, That's huge for a small business in New York City, a Black-owned business, when Mm. you don't get help or support from agencies. So that's one. Two, I had a group of folks who continued to make complaints about traffic 
Um, they needed a traffic light. They needed a speed camera because there were so much accidents happening on the corner by their house. So I was instrumental in making sure that the traffic cam went up and that um, a light went up uh, and that they were able to have their case heard, not just through the community board, but also to the elected officials. And that got done. I mean, they've been asking for it for a couple of years and it got done in six months. And so these are the things that I would continue to do as a district leader. And with the title, it makes it even better because you're able to navigate different spaces that you would not traditionally have access to. Okay. Now, with respect to your specific district um, and, you know, uh, the area you're running for, what would you say are two of the I guess the biggest issues that are happening within the district that you, you know, are hoping to, you know, rectify or at least, you know, lay the groundwork to rectification. Um, I would say public safety um, and just access to resources. Okay. And so uh, public safety is an ongoing issue. It's an issue around the country, um, around the world, but around the country, we hear of mass shootings. We hear of just, you know, just insane situations happening in different states in, in different ways. And so um, right here, you know, for us, it's a lot of gun violence. Mm -hmm. It's robberies. Like these things are, are really bad. Um, right now, and we're trying to navigate it, but with our uh, crisis management groups, our um, like elite learners and uh, men up, these people are helping us to navigate what public safety sh should uh, look like, where it's more of prevention. Um, and so that's really helpful. And then the other thing is a lot of these businesses are struggling. We have Almost all of our pharmacies are closing down. I don't know if anyone really notices that. Yes, I do. <laughs> CVS is, is like slowly shutting down. Dwayne Reed is yes. obsolete. Rite Aid has officially shut down. A couple wow. of them have officially shut down. So our small businesses are struggling, which is why um, I make it my business to have conversations with these folks to see how they can stay open, if there are grants, if there are things that they can have access to, because this is the real backbone of our community. You don't have a corner store. You don't have a pharmacy. What kind of quality of life do you have? Mm -hmm. um, you're you're having to travel 30 minutes to pick up, you know, a Tylenol. Like the, we have to think about what's the true essence of quality of life and the needs in the community. And these are some of the things that I find that are issues and that I'll be tackling and making sure it gets to the forefront of all of our legislators agenda. Okay. Well, Debbie, I think that you definitely gave us a really good understanding and overview of what the district leader position entails, um, also known as state committee um, leader. And I think that really, you know, discussing the major issues that you identify in the area is important because I think when people are considering candidates, um, they always kind of want to know, one, you know, what's your track record, but two, also, like, what are you seeing 
you know, that needs to be fixed within the community. Um, they want to kind of see what your vision is um, and what your, you know, what your insight is. So um, I think that was really, really helpful for those who are in your district. Hopefully you guys who are tuning in, if you are in the 58th Assembly District, and hopefully if you guys are registered to vote, um, you guys will vote um, for Esther Debbie Lewis. And what is the day that we, we are all going out to vote? What's that date? So June 18th to the 26th is early voting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can early vote at four locations in um, Brooklyn. And then on the 28th is the Democratic primary day. And there's over 24 locations. But of course, you have to find the one that is closest to your home. Okay. And now I know that when we talk about the political process, especially here in New York, there's primaries and then there's actual voting day that takes, you know, place in November. So everyone's going to go out and vote on June 28th. Is there another election that's going to take place or another voting that has to take place in order for you to be officially in your position? Um Two, I feel like you answered two questions and asked two questions and you didn't even know. So one, no, once I win this seat, um, that's it for me. Um, uh, there is an election in August and November, but not for the seat. So our legislators actually, um, it's not our legislators, but, uh, our process this year has been changed. So, For June, you have your assembly, your state committee, judicial and whatever other races, the governor's race, all is happening in June. But in August, we have our senatorial race and our congressional race um, because the redistricting lines um, was not agreed upon up until late. They had to move the elections back for those two particular uh, elections. So there are two Democratic primaries this year, and it's split between June and August. So everyone has to come back out again anyways to vote in August because you definitely have people that you need to vote in. I see. But with respect to your position, once they vote for you on June 28th, that is it. Yes, that is it. Okay, for two cool. years. For two yes. years. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Well, Esther Debbie Lewis, I, I'm always calling, going to call you Debbie, obviously, but Esther Debbie yeah. Lewis. <laughs> um, is there any last words that you have for your potential constituents? Um, no, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, and remember that the work of the people starts on a grassroots level. Um, and by elevating leaders in the community, Um, to continue doing the hard work, we must elect them to do the people's work. And so um, I am happy to be your district leader. Like I tell everyone, your favorite district leader um, for the 58th assembly district. So looking forward to having um, more conversations about the needs of the community and how we can propel it forward. Okay. And Esther Debbie Lewis, is there a way for people to learn more about you? Is there a website, is there an Instagram, a Facebook, an email that, you know, if somebody says, hey, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about this candidate, you know, where can I go? Yeah. So 
you can go to my website, debbielewis.com, D-E-B-B-I-E-L-O-U-I-S.com. Um, and you will find access to all of the social media handles. Um, you can shoot me an email there or even uh, find my phone number as well. Okay, great. And so everyone, I really hope that you guys tuned in and paid attention to what was happening today. You know, oftentimes in our communities, people are really disgruntled when it comes to elected officials um, and they don't want to vote. Right. I think especially with what's happening now, (laughs) there's a lot of people who are like, they're never voting again. Voting means nothing. Their vote means nothing. And they find that it's a waste of time. But I think that after listening to you, Debbie, just talk about, you know, the advocacy role, especially with this district leader position and, um, you know, the many ways that you can help improve your community, um, hopefully that will change the minds of the of I don't want to say the naysayers, but those who might have been on the fence or who might have been disappointed in the past for whatever reason by either politicians or the political process. So I do hope that, um, you know, those who are tuning in um, understand that voting is necessary. It is a necessary thing in order for our communities to, you know, thrive. We have to be able to have effective leaders. And the only ways that we can really, you know, have that take place is by electing them, electing the right people to serve the needs of the community. And so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, um, I brought that out because I know that I've heard and I've been amongst many conversations where people are tired. Um, But I think that, you know, you, Debbie, um, being somebody who's who's young, vibrant, who is also from the community, who understands how politics works, I think that you can definitely, um, I guess, change the perspectives of individuals um, when it comes to politics. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. You are listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. I can't wait to come back. Seven